Welcome to Table Manners. We are at Spring Studios again for the Law Secret Podcast Experience and we are about to get our coffee on. We're about to uh, have a coffee and cake morning with Nadia Hussein. Now the people in the audience, we're going to have about 50 people, they don't know who's coming. Well they're in for a treat. Okay, absolutely, a sweet A sweet treat. treat. How are you mum? I'm okay darling. I went to bed. glam this morning. How do you feel no. about that? She got her extra eyelashes yeah, I've got on. got my She's extra eyelashes fabulous. on. Can't move my eyes. I feel like I've got something in them. But I went to bed an hour later than you. But you I stayed slept the night at nine. Yeah. yeah. But I actually don't feel tired today. So maybe that's the key going to bed early. Maybe you just need to live with me. No. Okay. So yeah, we're going to be uh, chatting for a coffee morning. Yeah, a group of 50 people. It's going to be slightly different to our last time in Spring Studios. I think slightly more tame. Smaller. Smaller. More intimate. Intimate. Yeah. Gorgeous. A, a good way to cheer up this yeah. miserable day. Yeah. Nadia Hussain coming up on Table Manners Live with Law Coffee and ACAST. Hi. How you doing? Hello. Hi. How are you? Are you all skiving work? Is that what happens? This is a really special live episode of Table Manners, created in partnership with Law and ACAST for the secret podcast experience. How are you feeling, Mum? I'm all right. <laughs> I've just had a lovely cup of coffee. Well, we're about to have another one. Has oh, everyone great. else had coffee yet? Has everyone had have coffee? Eaten? Have you eaten? I've never had coffee overnight oats. Did you try that? Oh, you're looking, these two at the front, you're like, no, we didn't try it, get back there, try it. Oh no, we've got them here. It's got walnuts in there, coffee in there, what else have we got? We've got, hold on, let me check my menu. I feel like I'm on, um, like, first class on the flight, and I'm like, right, okay, what's going on? Uh, yeah, overnight, law, coffee oats and candy, pecan, walnuts, what else have we got? Coffee, uh, law, coffee and hazelnut butter meringues, gorgeous. Strawberries hand-dipped in a selection of chocolate. Now, law, a masters in coffee. And we have a very special master of her own kind of... Well, she's well, amazing. We couldn't have anyone more we've perfect wanted, to go with the coffee. We've wanted her for ages. We're not going to say who it is yet, because we've got Deepak. Where are you, babe? Are our coffees ready? Thank you, love. The barista. Now he's going to take us through. Have you all got your drinks? Does anyone need top-ups? Who went opted for what? I just had a flat white regular milk. Delicious. How many oat milkers do we have in the oil? Oh, oh God. Guilty. Right, oh. okay. So what did you go for? I went for an oat flat white. It was delicious. Great. Yeah. Who's not done a flat white? Come on. Oh, hands up, clouds. Oh, just straight black. On the hard stuff, black Americano. How's it feeling? Oh, it's good. Great. Hitting the hard. Um, hi, Deepak. Sorry, come on. Everyone, welcome Deepak. Wow. Good morning. First Good morning. Of all, welcome. And I thought that given, of course, that we're here today with ACAST as well as Law, that it would make sense to begin by serving you up some delicious coffee. So, first of all, I had an important question. Does this, does this count as being a guest on table now? I mean, oh. yeah. Sure. Look, pull up a chair. Amazing. Have got, wow. Have you got juicy details for us? That's all we need. I've got... Duty is probably the wrong word, but I've got some delightful coffee. Okay, fine, come on then. At the, very, at, the, at the very least. So let me walk you through it. So Lenny, okay. for yourself, we've got a flat white. Thank this you. This is made, here you go. You no, that's not, Oh, sorry, there you go. No, it's not. No, it's Thank yeah, you, Yeah, regular, so flat white, regular milk. It's made using our ristretto blend, which is inspired from the markets of Sumatra. So you'll notice that there's quite a, an intense yet bold flavour that 
cuts through the milk. Oh, so that's yeah. the one I normally use, ristretto. Ah, and then for yourself, we've got an Americano. Okay, thank you so, so much. So the Americano is made using oh, our very... Oh, there you go. And, 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 and the napkin. A very popular Columbia blend. So that's great. It's great. Perfect. You might notice some citrusy notes at the end. It's got quite a, a got bold yeah. flavour. Um, and then, of course, you've got, I believe, a lovely guest who's coming yep. in. Yeah, yep. put, that there, put that, that over. Uh -huh. yeah. And... Um, these coffees are available with the Law um, Sublime and Compact coffee pods, which people can, of course, use in the comfort of their own home. And I, just on that note, hope that you enjoy the coffees that you've got here. Um, there's been a lot of work that's gone on with and from the Law coffee artists. And without further ado, I'll, I'll let you... Uh, Crack on before, with... before you go, how do you take yours? How do I take... Oh, yeah. great question. I like it. Like the gentleman in the audience, I like an Americano with the Columbia blend. Uh, it's fantastic. And then as it gets towards the afternoon, a little bit of milk. That's, that's me too. Yeah, that's yeah, me. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Thank Start. you. No worries. Thank You're you welcome. So much, Thank, Thank you. you. Right. Okay. Shall we get on with this live podcast? Okay, so... Do you want to introduce this amazing person, well, which couldn't be more perfect for this morning? Well, we've been trying to get this person on our podcast for years, for, for years because she's such a perfect guest, I think. I think she's going to have lots to tell us, particularly about baking. That's a clue. <laughs> won, won the Bake Off once. Now a star of BBC television. Does like, lots writes of, a cookbook like every cookbook week. Writes a cookbook every week. <laughs> is absolutely most gorgeous person was so she, and she really is master of her craft yeah i think that's her coffee that's cake. her coffee cake that's in a new cookbook every day. any ideas who it might be Nadia. Yeah. yes <laughs> let's welcome Nadia soon <laughs> oh hello hi hi We've got your coffee Thank you. cake on here. Yes. Tell us about it, now. So this is a Dalgona coffee cake. And Dalgona became really, really popular. It was one of those things during the, during the lockdown when everybody was making sourdough. Uh, Dalgona became a thing. Um, and it's, it's so simple. It's instant, equal amounts, instant coffee, yeah. sugar, and water. And then you just whisk. That's it. Oh, this is the one that was on TikTok. Right? Yes. yes. Did anyone make it out here? I bet they did. Everyone. Yes. Oh, my God. Get up. Get up. Come on. Come on. Let's talk about it. How, how did your Dal... Is it Dalguna? Dalgona. Dalgona, go. I'm not going to lie. It was amazing. Wasn't it amazing? It was really good. Right? I went through a phase of doing it every morning. Well, I'm... Making I, cakes every morning. No, it, it just oh, goes on top of your coffee. So, like, oh, on, on top yeah. of milk. It's so very good for you, though. It's What's your name? Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Hi. Um, well, do you want a piece of cake? Have you tried? The no, I've not, so I will try it. Do you want to take, take it? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, don't no, take it. Charlie, go. Enjoy. Um, but I, just like you, Charlie, my husband was having it every single morning, but he was running, so there was a, there was a yeah. So he was running and he was having it every single morning, but he had it and then he said, oh, that tastes quite good on cake. And I was like, right. Oh, so the top bit is the... Da okay, sorry. Yeah, and then, then right. I thought, well, mm. I can do the cake bit. I'll do the cake bit and then I'll do that bit and then it mm. just, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So gorgeous. So simple. It's light. So light and simple. It just works really well. So just say it again. It's coffee, sugar... Equal amounts of instant coffee, 
Um, and it has to be instant coffee, um, and sugar and water, and then you just whisk that. Don't, I mean, I was really cruel the first time because ha I have a handheld whisk and a stand mixer, but I said to my husband, you just whisk, whisk that for me, please. And then he was, like, he was there hours later. Sometimes that's my form of punishment. It's like, just... Can I talk to you about whisking, actually? Yeah. Why does some... Can we? Like yeah, let's talk about whisking. <laughs> no, but why does cream sometimes take forever to whisk and sometimes it doesn't? Is it about room, like, temperature? Sometimes it's temperature, so often it can be, like, when, when the kids are making something, I buy them whipping cream, so it's got extra ingredients in there that help it to whip oh, up faster. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so... Are you making them do the hand whisk? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Takes longer. Yeah. Than, oh, yeah, that's you know, sometimes a good idea. I've, I've got angsty teenagers. Yeah. I've got 16 and 15, and sometimes they need to... They need to let off that steam somewhere, so I'm like, just... I'm sure there are other ways of letting off steam. Um, but I was like, just, why don't you just whisk that for me, and then I just leave them to it. So sometimes it's temperature. So if, you're, if your cream is, has been sat out too long yeah. and it's not straight out the fridge, it takes longer to whisk. Okay. So always straight out the fridge. Okay, fine, great. Yeah. This is really good. Thank you. Um, so, um, yeah, because when we cook with coffee... I need, but we, I always, I, I seem, I tend to use either like an espresso or instant. Yeah. Like when we do the no churn cappuccino ice cream. Yes. It's lovely. That's an espresso, I think. What else do you do it with your I put in, mousse? I put in chocolate mousse. I also use it in banoffee pie. Oh, nice. In the mm. cream on the top. Nice. Yes. Of the bananas. It just is delicious. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it makes a nice colour. Yeah, it does. Tell everybody how often you bake. Oh, I bake every day. I know, I know, it just, it seems ridiculous, but I still bake every single day, even though every single cookbook that I write, I test every single recipe. And now, I'm, you know, I'm really lucky in that I'm a po at a point in my career where I can, if I wanted to say, you know what, can I get somebody in and we'll get them to test the recipes. But for me, you know, it takes out, for me, it, it takes away the love of what I do because I love the fact that every single recipe that other people make in their own homes started off in mine. Mm. Um, and so I test every single recipe at home. But honestly, my husband does think I'm a woman deranged when, I, when, I, when I've done like rest, tested six recipes at home yeah. and then I clean up, I mop and everything, and then I make banana bread. And he's like... Just, a, like a just because... Cool down. Yeah, it's just like, just, that's like... That's like, you know, when you're working out and you need like... You, you, you've yeah. worked out. And then, yeah, and then that's the stretch for me. It's like, <laughs> it's like, let's just make some banana bread. And he's like, yeah, but we've got to also eat everything else that you've just made. Yeah, do they, do, have but your that... children rejected your bakes? Or are they still like, are they like, mum, what you got for me today? They're 16- and 15-year-old yeah, boys, right? right? And I'm just saying, they eat me out of house and home. So oh. there's nothing I can... So there is nothing I cook right now that they're like, oh, we don't want that. But when I am testing, um, because I'm sometimes testing, I could be doing, like, a cake, and I would need to test that three or four times before mm. I'm completely sure that it, it's ready to go to the next stage to be tested by somebody outside of the house. Mm. Um, I have a wheelbarrow. It's a clean wheelbarrow. It's a clean one that I bought specifically for this, and it's got no cement or anything on it. So I, I, so what I do is I, I stick everything in the wheelbarrow and I text my neighbours and I knock on their doors and I say, "You." Yeah. Oh, like oh. Meals on Wheels. Yeah, Meals on oh, Wheels. They must like, love you. You an must be the best neighbour. Uh, I don't know, but if 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 they're on a diet, yeah, sometimes yeah, I, I feel them twitching their curtains. Oh, she's back again. <laughs> Yeah, she is. It's that time of year. She's back again with a wheelbarrow. But I do, because sometimes I, I might like, test a fish, and I might test it three, four times. But I am 
also not a waster. I hate wasting. I think waste is a terrible, terrible thing. And I just, I'm really, really conscious of uh, food waste in the food industry. And I think um, often I watch things just get thrown into the bin and it honestly gives me nightmares. I hate it. Um, And so I just, what I do is I kind of pre-warn, I pre-warn my neighbors and say, look, so I'm I'm doing fish and there's probably going to be four would you like me to cook your dinner tonight? And they're like, yes, please. And so I just turn up. Is this up. on like the group WhatsApp that was like established during lockdown? <laughs> well, you know what? House prices in Milton Keys have suddenly gone up a little bit, perhaps. <laughs> on I think, her road. On my road. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just, it just became a thing. I've, I've always been a sharer. So I always kind of yeah. share my food, whatever I make. Um, and... But it just became a thing that I, I've always done and I've done it for the past six or seven years and my neighbours just know. But is it a thing like, you know, when there's a doctor in the family and everyone goes, oh, can you just have a little look at my... Yeah, yeah, name? yeah, yeah. Are people like, can you just do that birthday, that fifth birthday cake? I do all of my family's birthday cakes and there's 24 of us. So... Wow. Yeah, that's on just my side. There's 27 on my husband's side. <laughs> but you don't do his side. Occasionally. <laughs> Only the ones you like. Listen, just to give you a scope of how big my family is, I'm one of 67 grandkids. 67? Yes, yeah, I mean, I don't know the last 15. I know. <laughs> I don't know the last 15. I mean, they all started to look the same now. All of them. Some of them look like my kids. So do they think you're slacking a bit, only having yeah. three? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like, um, yeah, because I'm one of six. Uh, my husband's one of seven. So when I stopped at three, I remember... Abdel's grandma saying to me, she just she just made this gesture, which was a bit just rude. Just do the gesture. Oh, oh my goodness. A little bit rude, yeah. Um, let's take it back to your childhood. Um, you're one of six. Yeah. What was mealtimes? What were mealtimes like? Um, and, um, and what were you eating? What's a really memorable dish from your Were you childhood? born in Luton? Yeah, so I was... Were you all Luton? born Luton? Luton. Luton. I love that. <laughs> were you all born there? Yeah, so we were all born in... Luton and my parents are immigrants, so they came over when they were quite... My dad came over when he was young and mum was 17 or 18. Why Luton? I don't know, it was the place to be. It was the place to be back then, perhaps. I don't know, I don't know. There was a Vauxhall factory, and I think that's where everyone wanted to work. So my granddad came and that's where he worked. Um, And... Yeah, so my parents came over and then they got married and they had us and and we kind of lived on the same street for forever and it had a, I always remember it because it, it had a train track at the back and it rumbled every 20 minutes and you could hear the stones hitting your bedroom windows um but meal times for us like I grew up in a house where mum is an amazing cook like I don't know how she does it she hands tied behind her back and she can make anything taste like she everyone says that about their mums though right they're the best cooks is she knows is she the best terrible cook, cook? mother in the audience there's always one there's always one there's like a yeah 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 right okay (laughs) um so I grew up with mum who is an amazing cook my nan who's an amazing cook and was she living with you your nan yes so she lived so she she lived down the road but then she kind of would live with us she's I mean I I we were definitely raised by my nan and my mum and my dad because my nan my, I had two siblings that were quite poorly, so they'd spend six months to eight, you know, six to eight months in hospital oh a year. So my nan would just take over like nans do. Um, and so was she, that your mum's mum? Yeah, yeah. She was, and uh, she's still, she's still around, ninety-six and doing really, really well. And she's just, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's a force to be reckoned mm. with. <laughs> so honest. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But, um, what was the gesture again? No. No, 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 no. That wasn't her. That, that was, wasn't her. That was oh, the my, other one. Hus- oh, my husband, wow. yeah, she, yeah, my, it was, no, late, maybe off. Okay, yeah. later. Um, 
but she, um, but we grew up around delicious food and my dad ran restaurants his whole life, which is what he kind of went into, which lots of Bangladeshi immigrant men tend to do is go into the restaurant trade. And, um, so he can cook as well. Oh, he's an amazing cook. My dad's an amazing, he's adventurous. So my dad will try new ingredients and new things. Whereas my mum's very much, she knows what she knows and that's what she enjoys. And that's what she's really, really good at. And she can do it with her eyes. You know, she could do it with her eyes shut. Yeah. But we grew up around two very different cooks. Like, Dad's quite dynamic, and he was quite uh, adventurous, and he would try new things, and Mum's the complete opposite. And Mum hated us being in the kitchen. So we'd go, yeah, she, she's kind of, it's, it was, I think, for her, because my mum doesn't like cooking, which is really interesting. I'm exactly do you not like the same, no. You really don't? No. I mean, I do, I think I can cook, and I'll do it properly, but it's not. A joyous occasion. I will okay. know it when you hear the podcast. <laughs> How sick to I think death I, yeah. she is of cooking. I salute bakers because I have no. I think it's time more. Chem for it. I think baking is more like chemistry than it is cooking. You can do both. Yeah. It's yeah. You can. Don't you think? Because you've got to get the ingredients exact. For sure. I think there's a nervousness around baking because it's so exact. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a. You know, because it's very exact ingredients, there's different stages where yeah. you can put things in or, you know, yeah. and, and so... You can't just throw it in an experiment, Well, can you, you can't just bung it all in. No. No. Yeah, I, I think people, sometimes people say, oh, I don't know what I put in, I just put everything together. I don't believe them. Because if you do, it just doesn't rise or it's yeah. wobbly in the... I, I've not met somebody who's, who says that, you know, I just threw it all in and, and I got a perfect cake because it is still very much, you know, it's still a science. It's a science. science, it's a science. It? And, and, and the thing is, once you... The thing is with, the, with baking is once you've got it in the oven, like if you've forgotten something, there's no taking it out. No. And like, oh, I'll just mix it. It doesn't work. You can't. You can't. And I bet if you've, had, if you've baked and had that disaster before, you're smiling. I can say, yeah. <laughs> but you, know, you, can't, you can't say, oh, I've forgotten the baking powder. Let me get that back. You can't. It's gone. It's done. Nadia, which cake could you do almost blindfolded? Um, because I you make it so often. Brownies. Brownies. Yeah, that's the one. And are yours chewy and crispy little top? Fudgy. Fudgy. Fudgy with that little thin veil on top. That's crisp. Yes. Oh, veil. my word. Like because that. I've got kids who go, 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 go. Brownies are really simple. So, And the thing is with brownies, you can add toppings or you can add things to the batter or you can, you know, I like to layer them sometimes. And so, yeah, there's... But layer and, them. And the trick to the most chocolatiest brownie is coffee. You see? Yeah. So... How do you like that, Law? <laughs> <laughs> so that is, that is genuinely the trick. To, if you want a brownie that taste, ch tastes chocolatey beyond yeah, words... Does it brings out the chocolate. Yeah, yeah, so adding a little bit of um, instant coffee... Quite concentrated. Quite concentrated. So normally in my tray of brownies, I do three tablespoons. And that feels like you're going to taste the coffee, but you wow. cannot taste the coffee. Because once you've got cocoa in there, mm. some sort of magic marriage happens in there while it's all mixing, where what it does is it, is it accentuates the flavour of the chocolate, of the cocoa, which is exactly what you want. Because yeah. if you've ever bought brownies... And you can't taste the chocolate. When you like can only taste the sugar, it's yes. really You're like, disappointing. Mm, exactly. Yeah. But yes, I make brownies all the time. My kids love them. And which chocolate? Do you use cocoa or chocolate? Um, I use a mixture of 70% cocoa, um, chocolate and cocoa. Can we go back to your childhood? Because I didn't get a dish yeah. from you. <laughs> oh, what dish reminds me yeah. of? No, like, of like that one that, like, because I want to know what you were eating in your dad's restaurants, like, yeah. and then one at home that just like... 
Dad's restaurant was very much like lots of Indian restaurants now that are catered to the Western palate. So, you know, they're not... Chicken tikka masala. Right. Yeah. Not, I mean, nothing wrong with it. But, but I, it's not really genuine. Well, it's not, it's not Bangladeshi cooking. No. So it's not... For me, I always had a gripe with my dad and said, why won't you put Bangladeshi dishes on the menu? Um, and he just said, look, it's, it's, this is what people eat. I'm not changing that. This is what pays the mortgage. We're just, yeah. just going to quietly just sell what works. Um, and it always irritated me because like, he's got a korma on. He had a korma on there. See, I, I'm not, I haven't even answered your question, have I? I, know, I, I, I just I'm, always I'm matter. Matter. Keep going. It goes Love off. It. Um, but he would never, ever put mum's recipes on, on, the, on the menu. And, and I just couldn't understand why. So when we'd go to the restaurant, we'd have things like king prawn butterfly, which is like that crisp... <gasps> yeah, really, really good. But like the prawn is like that big. And the butterfly bit is that big. Mm-hmm. You're like, where's the prawn? Like, it's a con. Right, yeah. But for me, you know, growing up and eating in Dad's restaurant was a very different experience to eating at home because Dad's restaurant, it was king prawn butterflies or uh, poppadoms. Like, Dad would leave the poppadom warmer on when we'd go to the restaurant and we would just, like, we'd call them big crisps and we'd just sit down and we go, I have, like, a, I have a routine where I kind of go gnaw all the way round. <laughs> Till I have one little baby crisp left. So I still do that. It's really embarrassing for the You're kids. You're so precise. That's yeah, the, so fun. the kids so are funny. so embarrassed when I, and, and they're like breaking it and eating it like normal people. And I'm like, but at home, for us, I think for me, the thing that really reminds me of being at home and reminds me of my mum is her chicken korma. Because that's the one I used to fight with my dad with. Because, about, because, a chicken korma on an Indian menu yeah. is got cashews in it and it's got cream in it and it's got a bit of coconut milk in it and it doesn't taste of anything. And I'm just like, Dad, that doesn't taste of anything. He goes, but that's what the people want. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh, it's so boring. And but what's your mum's korma? My mum's korma is it, it's quite special because it's the first curry every child in our family will put in their mouth. Oh. oh, like weaning. That's yeah. their first bit. That's the first. Oh my, I love that. It's the like, first thing they will ever, ever put in their mouth or something at six months. So every, every, and because we have to get them accustomed to spices. Um, and so, and it's such a simple recipe because it's onions, garlic, and ginger. Yeah. And you get a little bit of heat from the ginger. So yeah. the kids start getting uh-huh. used to a little uh-huh. bit of heat and it's just whole spices. So cardamom, cinnamon, bay leaves, uh, maybe a couple of cloves occasionally. But that's it. So that is, and that's, it's cooked with lots of onions. Is that in one of your cookbooks? Yes. I'm going to definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe my kids would yes. eat, eat it. Because that, that's what we wean our kids on. Like, that's the first thing that's we start, that. is a chicken korma. So that's why it's always special. So when do your lot go on to the hard stuff? When oh, do your my... kids go on to the hard stuff? <laughs> oh, my boys. I can't watch them eat sometimes. Eat oh, oh. It's, it's excruciating to watch. Because I'll put spice in food. And, and I'm talking like, I'll do a curry, and I put, on average, three tablespoons of chilli powder. I go through chilli powder, right, on, in one curry, three tablespoons, right? You couldn't go to Nadia's mum for dinner, I don't I'd, 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 I'd cater it for you, I promise. But it, three tablespoons, and that's just for me and my daughter. And I don't like spicy food. I don't. Okay. And, and, and I, I mean, I'm ostracized, I'm ostracized slightly in my family for it because everybody eats spicy food. We grew up around eating lots of chilies. We yeah. grow loads of chilies. Yeah. We put it in our cooking. And... I'm like, mm, I don't really like spice. I don't really like spice. They give me the chili plate and they're like, you're going to have some more chili on top of what you're ordering. I'm like, no, nah, you're right. And, and, and they, they, they're like, what? They, they, they think so it's rude. really weird. But my boys, they chew on scotch bonnets. Oh, 
no, that's insane. Messed up. It's messed up. It's messed up, and they don't... They're going to ruin their taste buds, no, or not. Maybe not. They just no, go well, and have another one. Well, now they go to someone's house, and, like, someone I really love made salmon for them once. Forget about it. And they were, like, being really polite, but not polite. It was but so no, obvious. They, they thought... No, because it was delicious, but they were like... Mm. And I was like... Mm. You needed that scotch bonnet on the side. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's like, this is ridiculous, but they eat such... I mean, their spice tolerance is unreal, but it makes my father-in-law very proud. Uh, he, so is, that, is that something to be proud of? Yeah, well, he... How hot you can take it. Yeah, well, my father-in-law chew on scotch bonnet while he's eating his dinner, and, and, and my eldest, Musa, will sit there and, and, and chew on it, and he's like, ah, and he'll rub his back, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> So, so you grew up in part of a big family in Luton, yeah. but that's not where your husband's from, is it? No, he's a Yorkshireman. He's a, yes, born and bred West Yorkshire. Um, and we, we, I lived in Leeds for eight, maybe nine years with the kids. That's where the kids were born. Did, did you go to college in Luton? Yeah, so what I... What were you studying? I went to, so I finished high school. I'm very, like, I was quite naturally academic. Uh, uh, so I quite, I really, I really like studying. I really enjoy reading, but I love. My kids hate it because I love writing an essay, and they're like, "That's so boring. Why don't you like maths? Because you've got an actual answer." Um, but I, I went to college. I did psychology, religious studies, and English language. That was it. Yeah, and that's where I kind of started writing loads um, because my English teacher would make us submit monologues every every term so we would do monologues. Did you read them out? No, okay, no, fine, no, no. But I did when I was 18. I, so I've, I've always written poetry. So I've always written poetry. Even now I write a poem a day. So I have like a thing. You're an overachiever. Oh, I know. No, that's starting to annoy that's me. Off. Yeah. <laughs> you can write that's poetry. That's she baked the cake oh. and then done a little banana so, bread for a come down. Yeah. <laughs> then she writes a poem. Then I write a poem about it. <laughs> um, but I do. That's just mindfulness for me. Even if it's just a couple of lines, you know, just take something from the day and then just write it down. That's amazing. Mum, you may be featured in the poem later. <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> you never so, you, so you moved to Leeds, yeah. and is that where your children are born? Yeah, so I went to college, um, and then I actually got into university, and I was going to study psychology at university, and my parents said, absolutely no way are you going to university. <gasps> yeah, I know. Still slightly a thorn in my side. Why? Um, because I was the first girl, I was the first person in our family to get into university. Yeah, but why would they not? Because they just, it was beyond yeah. their understanding of I where you should be. I think, I suppose now, as an, as an adult, yeah. like when I was 18 and my mum said, you can't go to university, I hated her. I was really angry. Uh, I'm not an angry person, so I did what any good teenager would do, is I ignored her for, all of, for a really long time and then just got two jobs. And I was never at home. I said, well, it's like I'm going to university, but I'm not. And I'm never at Is home. Is it because her priority was not so much education, but that you'd have a good marriage? Yes. Is that more of a priority in, culturally then? Absolutely, yeah. I think yeah. culturally it was really important for me to uh, find a good husband and, and get married. Yeah. But even then, and like, even then I would... Because I'm one of four sisters, and we are all, you know, that colorism is rife in our culture. So here I was, you know, slightly tubby. That's what I thought. And that's what I was told all the time, and with dark skin. And I just thought, well, I'm not going to 
And, and I was told constantly by family members, it's like, well, you're kind of dark. I don't know how we're going to get you married. So it was tough. I know it's really hard for people to hear. And I find it quite easy. One of the most no. beautiful women I've ever seen. Oh, thank honestly. you. Thank you're you. absolutely exquisite. And your skin colour is absolutely perfect. But it's colourism is something that exists really? within lots of communities that people don't talk about enough. Yeah, so for my mum... But I mean, as an adult, as a grown-up now, I kind of look back at my mum's predicament and think, actually, I was the first person to get into university. Uh, they're immigrants, and so they're already struggling to integrate themselves. And then here I am saying, I'm just going to go off to university and live this life away from you, away from your sight. It scared them. It was like my kids saying that they want to go to the moon. You know, yeah, right, so for, yeah. for, that's how I see it. That's how it feels for uh -huh, me. So uh -huh. at the time I was angry, but I think through time I've learned to accept that that's kind of, it's sad even now, but the, for me the hardest thing was when my, when my brother went to university mm. and that's when I was like, oh, it's I'm a girl. That's what it is. And that's kind of been the, the, the kind of script that I grew up with. It's like, well, you're a girl, so that's not the done thing. Or you're a girl, so you can't do that. Or think things you're... are changing no, in your community. No, no. Yeah, well, yes, they are to an extent. Yes, they are com changing a little bit. I think there are. And, I, and when I say these things, I speak about my experience. Mm -hmm. This isn't as a whole yeah. community. I can't, I can't say it's the entire community. But for my family, and certainly the people around me, it was. That was the truth. You know, like, you're, you're a woman, so education wasn't what you... Uh, you didn't strive to be educated, you strive to find a good husband and have a good married life. Um, I'll tell you an interesting thing, because I was named Begum, so most girls in our community yeah, are named Begum, which yeah. means wife. So the men tend to take the father's name, but the women all are, are, are mostly called Begum. And Begum means wife. My mum's Begum, I was Begum. And I remember being really angry when I found out what that meant, because I thought, well... As a newborn, why have you given me Begum? Like, because is that what I'm destined to become, just a wife? And I hated the idea of being married and, and, and having a family life. I just hated it because from the very beginning, it was just like, here you go, that's Begum, that's your destiny, and that was it. How did they feel when you went on Bake Off? They didn't know. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. No, they didn't know. How did they feel when you won Bake Off? <laughs> okay, so... Because they were on there at the end. Yeah. My parents yeah. were the little man jumping is my dad. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my dad. So I didn't tell them. And I'd go to see them every few weeks. And my mum said, my mum called me sort of week six and said, oh, are you, have I done something? And I said, why? What? She goes, we haven't been over for weeks. And, and at this point, I'm living in Leeds and they're in Luton. I said, I know, but I'm really busy. She goes, oh, okay. And she just assumed I was angry with her. I'm like, oh, she's just going to have to live with it for another four, four weeks if I make it. So <laughs> I just kind of left her to it. And then I got to week nine, and it was the final the following week. And then I said to my mum and dad, you're going to have to come because I've just got to the final of Bake Off. Did they watch it? No. Okay. So then I put, it on, put YouTube on. I said, so this is Bake Off. <laughs> to prepare them. So this is what I've done. And then it's like, great, we'll come. So your mum's never had a crush on Paul Hollywood? No, I think she's more of a Philip Schofield kind of Okay. <laughs> yeah, she always thinks he's, she's always thought he's Very lovely. Nice I'll have to tell her that ship has sailed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so they came, and it's funny because as we walk out, you walk out with your bakes. No matter how big they are, you have to kind of like... What's I could, your last bake, your It was my great fat British wedding cake, so... Oh, yes, I remember. And yeah. then you made it for... 
you made you re you did a cake for some royal for something for the queen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For some royal. Well, yeah. <laughs> God rest her soul. Yeah, she's sorry. she's forgotten her already. Yeah. No, I haven't. <laughs> Um, so I made uh, the Queen's 90th birthday cake, but when I came, yeah, so when I came out with the cake, and, you know, bear, I'm only five foot one, so I'm, like, look, looking over this cake, and I come out with this cake, and, and one by one we come out, and I put the cake down on the table that my parents and my husband and kids were at, and my mum's looking over at Tamal, and she's just like, I was like, what's she looking at? What's she going to say? She always, she, my mum has some great one-liners. She's looking over, and she says, yours is nice, <laughs> but Tamal's is a bit better. <gasps> I know. I know. And then... I haven't even tasted it. I know. I know. Anyway, I have a few thorns, clearly. <laughs> this is like therapy for me. Um, but yeah, and I was like, no problem. I was like, this is a good day. This is a good day. I'm going to ignore her today. And then we carried on, and she ate the cake. My dad was giving out the cake and stuff. And then... Was uh, he quite proud by that? Like, they were proud at that yeah, I, Point, like, I mean, yeah, you can I see think it was it's a, a big, serious thing and yeah, it's a big deal. It's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and then when I won, we were on the drive home afterwards and then my mum said, oh, it would have been so great if your brother won Bake Off. <gasps> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, he can't, even, out? he can't even open a can of beans. Oh. <laughs> what are you talking about? I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, so mom, do you have a favorite child? <laughs> and she's like, no, I do not have favorites. I love you all the same. I'm like, yeah. I, I want to know, have you gone on to do a degree? Um, I haven't finished my degree. I've got two modules left because I started my, so I did open university and I started when I was pregnant with my little girl who's now 12. And um, I did my very first exam I studied for it, and then I was in labor, and then I had to revise, because I had my exam in 10 days, so I had to then have her. With your uh, third child. Third child. Yeah. So I felt like a pro. Mm. It was great. Yeah. I was like, I can do this. Yeah. Degree, kid, no problem. <laughs> so then I had to, but I was breastfeeding at the time, so I was like, oh, guys, I really need to feed her. Mm. So I was feeding her, like she wasn't going to give me any answers. So I was writing and feeding her at the same time. So my first exam that I did, she was on me. some answers like that. Well, we did, they did open her up and check that she didn't have any answers. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did, I fed her. And that for me was one of my proudest moments because um, as a mom, you know, postpartum, you know, postpartum and I was, you know, it, I was all, my head was foggy as it is. I had a baby 10 days ago. Um, and there I was sat on my rubber ring and with a baby to feed. And I was like, look, she be really quiet she just needs boob yeah. that's it nothing else so she just literally drank for one hour one hour on the other side two hours exam done You're so, amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so it's, it's, your husband's very encouraging of you isn't yeah. he he certainly is not of the old school no no but he, i mean he gets a lot of stick for that as well because he's really? just he's getting trouble I think they think he should be a bit sterner with you. I think he's, I think there are certain members of certain communities who think that perhaps he should uh, he should lay down the law, rein you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Keep her at home. Um, but I think he has been amazing. Like he's always been really amazing, and he's always been really encouraging. Um, and we are very much like people always say. You know how people say. It's 50-50 in a marriage. Like, I'm very much of the opinion that there is no such thing as 50-50 because there are times in his life where he's only put in 20% mm. as a parent and as a husband because he had to go off and 
work and provide and further his career. And it's the same for both of us. You know, there's moments in my life where I get to go away for 21 days and go film something in some glorious place. And he has to stay at home, do his job. So we had this really weird, unconventional marriage in that. So my, you know, I was kind of very much told that, oh, you know, it's, it's like we're going to, because my sister's this, like we're all exactly five foot one, all four of us. And she's just this, She's very fair, my older sister. And they were like, oh, well, look, we'll have no problem getting her married. So we're going to, like, yeah. we're going to... And they're like, well, who's going to... And I was like, I'm not going to go to Bangladesh. I'm not going to go back to Bangladesh and get married. And my dad, that was always an option. Dad's like, you could go off to Bangladesh and you could have the, your pick of men. And I'm like, I don't want any of them. I just want to marry somebody who speaks English and is, is from this country, please. And dad's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And so, like, I made it a thing to marry somebody who is the complete opposite of who they think I would marry. And so, like, really tall and very fair. And, uh, and who has a career and has prospects and, and doesn't require my passport to get into the country. So, you know, like, just so, that's... So what, what would be your parents' checklist? Uh, they, I think in an ideal world, they would have loved me to have married one of my relatives in Bangladesh. Because okay. we marry, like, marry they're allowed cousins, cousins yeah. Because yeah. um, my parents are cousins. Yeah. Okay. So... Both my granddads are brothers. Yeah. Hang on. My granddads okay. are brothers. Okay. Same village. Yeah. They're yeah. cousins. They're first cousins. They're first cousins. So ideal in an ideal world, it's kind of like, well, there's this kind of unspoken rule that if you've got daughters and they live in this country, then, you know, getting married to a cousin in Bangladesh means that you kind of they help. They can come over. They can come over. They can have a life and you help a family member. And I was like, look, I love doing charity, but not this way. <laughs> <laughs> just, just no. I just, I was very much, no, absolutely not going to happen. I mean, you're not, a quiet person when you've got an opinion. No. So were you allowed to express it at all? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I wa I'm not shy of just saying it. I'll just say it. And, 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 and did your parents think that was disrespectful? Yes. Yeah. And so you had, and so you had to... No wonder she wanted your brother to win. Yeah. <laughs> so shut up. Keep her quiet. But I was the one who was always asking questions. And I said, look, I said OK, well, you know what? I'll get... Because I, I didn't get to go to university and I was working two jobs. I thought, well... They were like, well, what, what, what were the jobs? What, yeah, what the... So I worked as a PA for a PA for a um, car hire company, uh -huh. which I loved, because on my lunch breaks, I'd go to the mechanics and I'd sit with them and watch them fix the cars. I'm like, so what are you doing there? They're like, oh my God, she's back again. <laughs> <laughs> were you baking at that point? No. That no. could have been helpful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I also worked um, for an out-of-hours doctor service. So I'd work nights there, and then I'd work days... In, in the office after college. Uh, you were working all the time. All the time. I was never at home. So when did food start playing a part in your life? And, I mean... After I got married. After you got married. Yeah. So okay. it wasn't a selling point, this girl can bake. No. To attract husband. No, 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 no. Well, when I met my husband, I was like, fair prospects, degree, job, perfect, it'll do me. Um, and it was everything my parents never aspired for me, I suppose. So yeah. I was like, no, that'll do. And then... What, was his, what were his checkpoints? Um, I think for him, he needed... Because he's quite religious, he's quite spiritual. I think for him, that had to match. For him, that was the only prerequisite. And, and he had to fancy me, and that was it. And um, our dads used to be friends years ago and they got back into contact and then I saw him like we heard of each other because our parents had spoken and said oh I've got this daughter and I've got this son so we how old was he then 22 23 at the time 23 and so we exchanged numbers and spoke to each other for six months 
Oh, oh, so it wasn't because I, I read that you'd only met him once before. I had. Right? Yeah, but you'd had speaking. something. Okay. Yeah. You'd got something going a little bit. Yeah, I was, I was very obviously quite a sensible 19 year old because I was asking things like, what's your 10 year forecast? And like, <laughs> do you want to have children? And, and, you know, what are the plans? When are we going to buy a house? I was asking really sensible questions. Yeah. Um, and then all my sense and sensibility kind of left as soon as I saw him because he was gorgeous. Um, that was it, yeah, really. He's yeah, he's pretty handsome. Yeah. yeah, he is. I mean, he's easy on the eyes. And I just, um, he, he always gets DMs. He does. He gets <gasps> DMs. Yeah, they're like, if it doesn't work out. <laughs> if they're under, under 30, he always shows me. He's like, look, oh. still got it. <laughs> I was like, shut up. But yeah, we just, it just worked. We were very lucky, you know, six months. And then we met on the day we got engaged. It was the first time I ever saw him. And when you saw him, did you think, Oh, yeah. I've done okay. I'll have yeah. a bit of that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes, he was gorgeous. Long hair, beautiful, just this gorgeous, gorgeous, uh, and really well-dressed. And good shoes, good shoes. That's very important. Shoes are important. Yeah. That's the first thing someone sees when they meet you for the first time are your shoes. So I was like, good shoes. And, and he had a good job, and he had prospects and all of that. And, and you know, we, I, I, the, the day we got married was the second time that I'd seen him and we'd spent all of four minutes together in our entire life. So tell me about the wedding. Was it a, where was it? It was in Bangladesh. Yeah. Oh, you went like? back to Bangladesh. Yeah. So we went to Bangladesh because my father-in-law and my dad are schemers and they decided that it'd be too expensive to get married here. So let's take them to Bangladesh and our entire wedding costs like six grand, which and isn't bad. And there were less people to invite. 3,000 people. No. <laughs> The catering and on you that. fed people six, three thousand people for six grand. Mm -hmm. What did you make? There's a lot of dead cows. <laughs> <laughs> because back because back home everything's cheaper. Yeah. Back in Bangladesh everything's cheaper, and so they, um, and and a lot of the. It's a, it's a blessing thing. It's not, it's not about feeding people who can already feed themselves. So you feed your family members. And I think in terms of family members, there was probably a thousand of them were probably family. And then the other 2000, you make an announcement in the, in the village and you say, um, such and such a person's getting married, come over to give you, give them your blessings and come and eat. And so you That's feed, sweet. so you feed 2000 poor, we fed 2000 poor people. And so once the family had been fed, you just kind of let streams of people off the street, people who, you know, they take food with them. So it's 3000 people in the end, which was amazing for me yeah. although I didn't know anyone it was a blessing that for me was a wonderful way to start our married life so I, I you you got into cooking when you were married yes so how, when did you master the art of cooking because you, 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 you I mean you're you're a celebrated chef baker yeah personality author all of these things but when did you know that you you, you had it um, I think when you get to the point where you, if you get to a point in your head where you think you've got it, mm. you're never going to learn anymore. Mm. Okay. And I don't think I, and I, that's partly probably my own imposter syndrome that doesn't allow me to feel like I have it, but, um, I know I'm good at what I do. You How know? many books are you on now? 17? Yeah, I, I think you've yeah, got we, it. We, yeah. I think you've got it. We think you've mastered the okay. art. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We, 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 I was ticking them off. And I said, Jessie, she's writing one every six months, I think. Yeah, well, it was. I've done kids' cookbooks, and I've done grown-up cookbooks, um, and I've done fiction and non-fiction. But I love writing. I've always started... I've, I loved writing when I did my A-levels. But uh, for me, you know, it's weird to hear somebody say that I'm a master at what I do, because I suppose for me, I'm always learning. Like, 
you can only be as good as how much you learn. And I think for me, I'm always learning and you can never learn everything. Um, but the one thing I've learned about myself over the last seven years is that it's okay for me to say I'm really good at what I do. Um, because I think as women, um, and certainly as a ethnic minority, as a Muslim woman in this industry, it's really hard for me to say, oh, I'm actually really good at what I do because you are forever doubting yourself. But I think the reason why I am good at what I do is because I allow myself mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that's whether that's cooking, whether that's baking, whether that's life, if you don't allow yourself mistakes, you don't learn. And that's what you have to do with cooking, with baking, is you have to allow yourself to make mistakes because if you don't make those mistakes, you don't know how to fix them. You have to make those mistakes, especially with baking. It's just quite messy. And, like, I, you, that was so beautiful, and I've just ruined that. But, like, it's... it's Baking is hard. It's hard to do. Do you right. have a in your kitchen? Is your your food mixer out all the time? Yes. So you can have you a, got a kitchen aid. Yeah. I, yeah. If I get a kitchen aid, will I be a good baker? Will it, if you uh, Better. maybe okay. faster. Faster. Okay. You use kitchen aid. Kitchen aid. Yeah. And you think those are good, Jesse? Maybe you should get one. It'll make you faster at being bad. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask you because I find cooking for vegetarians, vegans, a challenge. Mm. What cakes can you recommend for a good vegan cake? I do vegan brownies, yeah. but I um, do them with applesauce. So you can do them with applesauce. Oh. So applesauce replaces the egg white eggs. Yeah. So it replaces the eggs. It does the exact same job, like for like, in terms of amount, applesauce blitzed up, you can put in a brownie and you Why can get delicious. Why does it make delicious. it rise? Um, don't ask me the science bit. <laughs> okay, but I'm trying to work out how it can replace Yeah, eggs. but you could... Just like for like. Not, I'm just working it out, Jess. Like for like, you can applesauce, you can do flaxseed, so you can use flaxseed yeah. um, yeah. as well, mashed up with some water. That works the same as well. And you might think that you can taste the apple, but you can't, because when I make my brownies, obviously I put a bit of coffee in, so you really taste the chocolate, so it's, you can absolutely do that. But I also really, really enjoy doing a semolina cake. So a semolina cake without the um, eggs, again, with applesauce. But with semolina, you get kind of a, a gritty cake, and then you make a delicious syrup that you put on top, and it just soaks it all up. Fancy that? We've What's got that? Law Coffee semolina squares. They're vegan and gluten-free. There you Where go. Are Where are they? There I'll you try go. one of them. Yeah. There. yeah. So, and, and for vegetarians, like I quite often make a mousse. So I make like a, a mousse using um, egg whites. So not egg whites, what, sorry. The, the chickpea. Chickpea. Uh, the uh, aquafaba. Yeah. Aquafaba. That's amazing. So you drain the chickpeas, and you then use the you use the the water in the chickpea syrup in the chickpea, and then you blitz that up with sugar. And then uh, you yeah. add chocolate to it, and they make amazing, amazing meringues. Even in like, a can of chickpeas that have already been like pre-soaked, all that, like you get a can. It's just the liquid. So you don't need to like soak your own. No, none of that. None right. of that. None of that. Yeah. Perfect. And it doesn't taste like chickpeas, so it's good. Um, we need to ask you a few table manners questions. Yeah. This is fascinating, yeah. and I'm adoring this. So yeah, we always ask everyone's last supper starter, main course, dessert, oh, you're and drink me. of choice. This is going to disappoint. You. Is it going to be all sweet? No. no. No, okay. No. Starter. Why, why are we going to be disappointed? So you might be slightly disappointed. Go on. Um, I'm not, I was going to say egg sandwich, but that sounds so... I know, it's no, ridiculous. I know, I what? Love sandwiches. Yeah, I do love an egg what, sandwich. What, like an egg mayo? Yeah. Do you put anything sexy in your mayo? Well, I, I, I like to put 
I, nothing sexy, salad cream, sorry. It's just me. Okay, salad cream. Salad cream. Okay. Yeah. But what I do like to do, but this is not even the last supper, I'm just saying this because I feel I need to. Um, <laughs> but, safe space. No, but when I, when, I, when, I make, when I make an egg sandwich, uh, and my kids love egg sandwiches, and I remember when I was pregnant for the first time, I lived on egg sandwiches. And so what I do is I do a, um, a soft boiled egg. Yeah. And so when I lay the egg on, I put the soft boiled egg in the middle. And then I put the rest of the egg and then the bread on top. When you cut it, you get this oozy, jammy egg in the middle. Oh, that's a start. That's yeah. a start. My kids, lo- my kids love that. Um, but for me, if I was going to have a starter, it would be a samosa chart, which is a samosa that is kind of really crispy, crunchy, mm. that's um, chopped up and then drizzled with tamarind sauce, mint sauce, Ooh, and yeah. Bombay mix. Ooh. And like that's... That's the kind of stuff you eat in Bangladesh, you know, on the streets. Just, Lovely. oh, just so... And what's di- in the middle of the samosa? Potatoes and peas. Okay, So gorgeous. just delicious. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff. Whenever I make samosas, and we've always got some left over, the kids are always like, shall we... Yes, okay, so we chop them up, and then we put, like, tamarind on top. So delicious. That's what I would have. And don't hate me. So for my main, mm. I would have... Um, and this is not fancy at all, but I don't care. Instant mash. Don't... Stop, before you judge me, before you judge me, instant mash made with milk, uh, butter, a dollop of mayonnaise. Mix that up. No, it's really tasty. Okay. I'm just, just trust no, me. I'm going to trust Master, you. remember? I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, trust just trust me. So, and you can make it with like proper potatoes if you want to, but I love instant mash. I love it. I don't care. You don't even know if you can still buy it. Of course it. you can. <laughs> I buy it in five kilo bags. Oh my god. I do. I do. I love it. It's so versatile. Really, really good. Uh, really good for thickening up sauces as well. Oh just yeah. A bit of instant mash. It just thickens just it yeah. up. Um, it's like baby porridge. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's got it. Instant mash made fancy. So I make it with mayonnaise, milk, butter, and one egg yolk. So it gets really luxurious. And then wait. Yeah. This I, I don't don't be fooled. Can of tomato soup on top. Cream of tomato soup. Sorry, you have 17 She's holding her daughter's leg. What? She's holding her daughter's leg. It is in a recipe. I have it in a book. Shut up. Yes, Shut it, the front door. it's an actually in a book. Uh, that's how much I love it. Uh, tomato soup, right? Yeah. Cream of tomato soup. Yeah, then, of course, gra- yeah. Gra- then grated cheese on top, and then you grill it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry. I don't, this is her has life. anyone tried that one from Nadia's book? Um, I what do you don't call it by the, t- by the See, way. the reason why I love it, it's so good. It's such, yeah. you know when my kids are sick? Yeah. That's what they have. Like, that's for them. So what, what does the do grill thing do? I don't know. It's in your cookbook. <laughs> I well, in the cookbook, it's a little bit yeah, fancy. It's like you? tomato soup and mashed potato. <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember, but it, it's, it's got a much fancier name, I'm sure, in the cookbook. Okay. But it's, for me, that's really nostalgic. That's yeah. something that I really... If I was going to have my last meal, that's the thing. Like, on a day like today, when yeah, it's chopping it down it with rain, yeah. like mashed potatoes, tomato soup, grilled cheese is so good. I mean, there's a lot of good components in there, so why not put them Can't together? You, trying to work it out, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I on. mean, my kids even go the whole hog and make fish fingers and go like that. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Lovely. Like, yeah. So that's your main course. Yeah. Now, what's going to yeah. be... I can feel some judgment, but no, I'm going to No, you know it. what? You know what? You're, You're going to ignore it. Yeah. I'm it's okay. Okay. And I'm going to give it... I hear the hesitation. let you know. Okay, I hear the hesitation okay. in your okay. voice. Your 18-month... Old will love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think <laughs> yeah. he probably would. Yeah, yeah. Make it, yeah, and yeah. 
And what else for your dessert? Well, so for my dessert, it would have to be Eaton Mess. That's my favourite dessert. Of really? Yeah, I love Eaton Mess. Why? Now, do you keep it, like, straightforward, Eaton Mess? Do I keep anything straightforward? <laughs> of course I don't. But for me, it's just like a pavlova that's been thrown on the floor, really, yeah, isn't yeah. it? So, for me, Eaton Mess, that's, like, my favourite dessert. Uh, there's something... About, I love anything with cream. Fresh cream, I love. Uh, and fresh cream and fruit work really well together. But for me, an Eaton Mess is simple, it's easy, and it's just everything wonderful in one mouthful yeah i agree yeah eating mess so do, um do you is there any extra thing that you would recommend everyone putting into your eating mess or are you just going no you're going no, so i tend to when i make an eating mess with the fruit whenever i kind of mix the fruit up i always do lots of berries lots of different types of berries mm. but i go for a uh, lemon and lime zest in so you get a little bit of i've never done that it's delicious yeah but if i make an eating mess specifically and i re, you know I, i'll do i'll do just strawberries and and then i'll do lime zest so if you mix strawberries and lime zest it tastes like fruit pastels i'm not joking oh. you know fruit pastels yeah. Sweet. Yeah. like it tastes like fruit pastels and the green one's the best anyway in fruit pastel. Yeah. So in my humble opinion. But, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, it, it tastes like fruit pastel. So that's what I would normally do. And I would always um, whip the cream with some icing sugar, but always put a little um, sprinkle of cardamom in. Ooh, the cream. Lovely. Oh, lovely. Cardamom's delicious in cream, so... Yeah. Oh, I've never thought of it. I've started putting rose water in mine. Rose water. Which makes it taste slightly exotic. Yeah. yeah Cardamom's little, delicious. Okay, I'll have a go. Have a go. Drink of choice? Um, drink of I don't drink, so just water. you got. Oh my god, I'm really crushing you, dreams. No, here. you're not. I am. You're not. I am because like on a night, I'm imagining you like having a coke float or something like that. No, no. Okay, fine. Not that juvenile. <laughs> um, no, coke floats are weird. They are weird. They are weird. And remember when cream soda soda? No, no, no. They just go. Did you like it? It's called just. <laughs> Disgusting. No, it's one, one's called a brown cow. A brown cow is yeah, the... chocolate ice cream in the... I've been called that loads yeah. of times. Oh, no, not yet. Yeah. I have, I have. Anyway, that's a whole other episode. Um, drink of choice, you're going to... Don't hate me. Now, I like, I, a mo I like a mocktail. Love a mocktail. Yeah, okay. They're a bit thick. You don't know whether to chew or swallow. That is true. They're a yeah. bit weird yeah. for me. But if I was going to, my drink of choice, if we're going to go out, is, or if we're having dinner, is a mocktail. So it would be a mojito. Obviously, everyone grew, got to know you and loved you and adored you, and you're so celebrated. But do you think that food, I mean, I feel like you were a confident, brilliant person before everyone knew about you. But do you feel like food had a place of empowering you? Anyone who watched Bake Off, anyone who knows me, will know that I have, I'm not naturally... Like, I don't... Before I did Bake Off, I didn't naturally feel confident. I think really? I, I okay. felt quite... She wasn't confident at the beginning on Bake Off. No, near the end, I was talking back to Paul. Do you yeah. remember? Yeah, yeah I was talking back. So, you know, I think a lot of the fact that I had anxiety really kind of yeah. suppressed... Um, who I felt like I was. Mm -hmm. So it's been definitely a learning. It's, it's something that I've learned over the last seven or eight years. That, uh, you know, I've learned a lot about myself yeah. in the last um, eight years, and I haven't always been really confident. Gobby, yes, always been Gobby. My parents will tell you, my husband will tell you, but I've not always been confident. And then I got thrown into this weird world of publication and media where there I was constantly being reminded that I'm a Muslim woman or that, you know, I'm from an ethnic minority, mm -hmm. constantly being reminded. As well as being celebrated for baking, 
I was, the, the biggest part of me was the bit that wasn't about the baking. It was about, oh, she's a Muslim woman. Oh, that she's, you know, she's from an ethnic minority. Her parents are immigrants. And, and so for me to take up that space was really hard. Mm. I was then, I turned up into this industry where I'm not a chef. I'm not a trained chef, but I'm a cook. But I'm also come off a reality TV show. And, and so I really struggled with that at the very beginning. And I really doubted my own ability to do what I do. Because let's face it, I've stepped into an industry where it's dominated by middle-aged white men. And uh, there I was, five foot one Muslim woman, like, hey, I'm here. And I literally forget having a seat at the table. There was no table for me to sit at. So it felt really hard at the very beginning. But now I get to do a job that I love, which comes with a responsibility that I didn't realize I had. But you've used that sensibly. I mean, Absolutely. you've opened the world up to seeing different cultures, your own particular culture. Absolutely. And it's also about the question I always ask myself is, if I don't see myself, do I even exist? And growing up, I didn't see people like me. I didn't read books with names that were familiar to me or characters that I could relate to. I didn't see someone on television like me or read books about people like me. So for me, I didn't exist. And the biggest thing about doing this job is that I... I'm creating a space where kids like me growing up now will look and say, oh, I do exist. And that is a big responsibility. And I take that on. And, and that's, for me, that's far greater than the cooking. Because as much as I love what I do, I, I, I'm, I'm always going to, that, that is a big part of who, who I am and what I do. So if I can do that for a really long time, I'll be happy. Yeah. Nadia Hussein, everyone, you're amazing. Amazing. I don't, I feel like we were just getting started, however... I'd like to stay forever. I know, and <laughs> honestly, you're an inspiration, you're amazing, you're gobby and I like it. Good. And um, before we let you go, Mum has a very vital question to ask you. Oh, God, what is it? What is it? Do you like karaoke? <laughs> Do I like karaoke? If you had to sing a karaoke song, which one would it oh, be? Oh, um, it would be Queen, for sure. Which I want, one? I want to break free. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I've been singing it since I was a teenager. <laughs> That's oh. the one. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, Thank you, you to everyone for being here. Thank you. I don't know whether we talked that much about food, but we talked about everything else, and and I could have gone on for hours and hours. Nadia is unbelievable. I'll tell you something, darling. We're having a back. Yeah, we're doing a round two, no doubt. Um, that was inspiring, so interesting. I could have asked her for many a tip, um, just because we didn't ask this. I just asked her what she was baking today, because obviously she bakes every day. She's doing an apple crumble because she got loads of apples from her mum. And I said, how do you do your topping? Am I just being a bit, trying to be too healthy on the top? Do I need more butter? Because mine never crisp. She said, yeah. She said, what she does is essentially makes a flapjack recipe and puts that on top. So butter That'd and completely chewy, indulgent. would it? I don't know. Well, the but problem with you, you lot, you're not indulgent. 
The problem with us lot. Okay. I'm still on the fence about the main course, but I'm willing to give it a try. Uh, listeners, why don't you email in if you do try the instant mash with mayo, um, tin of uh, soup and, soup. Well, and grilled with cheese. Please tell us if you try it. Send us some pictures. I want to like get the load on it, low yeah. down on this um, and if it works. Remember, um, Jessie, cream of tomato soup. Cream of tomato no soup. No holding back. Um, I loved her so much. I did. I think she just talked about really important issues yeah. and she was incredibly personal and that was in a group of 50 people. Usually she's when very we're, uh, open person. She's, she's incredible and so we're going to get her back on to talk maybe more food. So maybe I'll get her Inspiring really inspiring thank you to law coffee and acast for setting this up we've really wanted nadia for so long and didn't disappoint an hour an hour wasn't long enough with her so, no we um, need another hour darling um her new book nadia's everyday baking uh, is out now a big big thank you to everyone who signed up for tickets and joined us at the secret podcast experience show with law and acast it was so so special um we really really enjoyed it if you fancy a coffee or making some delicious coffee bakes Head to lawespresso.com to shop Law's delicious coffee range. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.